0: My people, welcome to another episode of the Voice of the Black Folk podcast. I'm your host, Will Anyu. You know, one of the most prominent schools of business in the world is the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania. Often when students are accepted into this prestigious institution, they dream of jobs within venture capital, private equity, investment banking, consulting, and a gamut of other high-paying jobs but my guest today, Mrs. Shantae Butler, decided that working for someone else after graduation was not an option. As such, she decides to create NACO Naturals, which is an all-natural, handcrafted, preservative-free skincare products that get back to the basics. So sit back, tune in, and listen, because this is the Voices of Black Folk podcast. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Voices of Black Folks. I am your host, Dr. Will Arnyu. Still seems surreal to say that, but today we have my sister, an entrepreneur, a fellow Penn grad, and somebody that is doing some phenomenal things. So without further ado, Shante, can you please introduce yourself and tell the people a little bit about you?
1: Yeah, Sure. Um, I'm Shantae, CEO and founder of NACO Naturals. Um, yeah, so who, who to start? I mean, um, I've been, I'm kind of like a Philly native now. I've been in the area for like 13 years, uh, with the Drexel undergrad and did consulting after that. And, um, then I went to Penn and, uh, for my MBA, I went to Wharton and studied entrepreneurship and innovation and really had the chance to work on my business, um, during that time. And, the rest is history Mm. Uh, we launched last year and um the the success of the business has completely blown my mind i mean we've won pitch competitions i now have um a social media director and all types of great things interns and and all types of things have happened um so yeah i'm i couldn't ask for more right now i think you know our our one-year anniversary is coming up in two months Mm. and It just seems surreal.
0: Mm, That's exciting. And those are all points that I want to get to. But, you know, the the way I usually start these conversations is learning a little bit about our guests and who they are outside of their um, organizations or their companies. So who is, who who are you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I would say I am, oh, a wife. Mm. Um, I am a mother to be. That's Um, exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then you know, outside of just the titles, I'm I'm a God fearing woman. You know, Mm -hmm. I put Jesus Christ at the center of everything I do. I think you know that drives a lot of the decisions I make in and outside of business. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's really what keeps me grounded. Um.
0: Mm. So out yeah. that's exciting that's dope and so you went to you went to Drexel for undergrad um you know after Drexel uh you worked for a little bit uh before going to business school right yeah and so most often when people go to business school specifically a business school like Wharton you know claimed um the first business school in the world like steadily ranks if not number one in the top top two top three And this is a school where often people, you know, once they graduate, they go off into investment banking or into the venture capital world, or, you know, some or consulting or just some, some high paying, safe job. And so walk us through a little bit, uh, number one, your decision to attend Wharton, but number two, like, you know, foregoing, you know, something that, you know, was more so profitable as, you know, a well-paying job to really start something of your own.
1: Yeah, so uh, my decision to go to Wharton, um, so I was a part of MLT, Management Leadership for Tomorrow. If you're thinking about business school, definitely get into that. It's um, a program designed for minorities to prepare them uh, to apply for business school. And mm. so, you know, they help throughout the whole application process, visiting schools, et cetera. Um, so through that program, uh, I became aware of so many schools that weren't even on my radar and mm. I cast a pretty wide net, um, when I applied to schools, um, of course, like I was, you know, already married at the time. So I knew, you know, my husband was from Philly. I was already living in, in Philly and, um, Wharton was my number one choice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the decision actually came pretty easy when it came down to deciding, um, what offer I was going to accept because I got a free ride to to Wharton, Mm -hmm. um, I got a fellowship that covered uh, my tuition completely. And that was the only school that offered that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was my top choice already, even before that. So it was definitely God working some magic behind the scenes.
0: Mm -hmm. Talk about it. Talk about it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then to your second um, question, I would say, you know... (laughs) I already, I was blessed to already have had that experience, um, working in consulting Mm -hmm. for business school. And so Mm -hmm. I worked at Deloitte, um, you know, traveled all week, every week Mm -hmm. for five years. And, um, you know, I was not, I didn't want that lifestyle anymore. You know, it was fun, especially straight out of undergrad. You're like, you know, getting all these flight miles. I'm like lifetime goal. Marriott now and you know you get all these great perks but um at the end of the day like family is definitely important to me Mm -hmm. and I wanted to spend more time um at home and yeah yeah so um you know I I knew that family was important to me I knew that I wanted to be home more frequently and Mm -hmm. so it wasn't it wasn't even like a thought in my mind I'm also really big on work-life balance Mm -hmm. and like you know, even though they say that's not a thing, it's all about, you know, making sure it works for you, right, but I knew that the investment banking lifestyle, the consulting lifestyle wasn't something I was looking to do coming out of business school and be in being 30. Um, I was glad that it was something that I did when I was younger, mm-hmm. when it was exciting when, you know, um, I had a little bit more flexibility in my schedule, and I mean, look at, like, you know, I always wanted to, A puppy i couldn't never have a puppy when i was (laughs) doing consulting and so you know i have my little puppy now um and i enjoy being home and Mm. you know not having to only spend weekends at home so it worked Mm. out
0: very exciting very excited so walk us through the idea and the conceptualization of uh naco naturals and like how, how how did they come to be
1: yeah so i it's funny i um you know, I've always been aware of like shea butter products. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I used to get this one shea butter from um, <laughs> Bath & Body Works. And one day I was like, you know, if this if the scent was just so strong. I was like, it has to be some other stuff in here. Mm. And I pulled open the back and it was like an accordion list of ingredients. So oh, wow. half of which I couldn't pronounce. Um, and I was just like, oh no this is ridiculous. And so from then I started like just making products in my kitchen. And this was, this was probably like six years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I would make, make things for myself mainly, but I would also like just give some to friends and family members. Um, um, and so, you know, I think that, that kind of, hold on one second. So, um, yeah, so I, you know, made products for my friends and everybody was like, Oh my gosh, I love this so much. And so I realized that I had an opportunity to kind of turn it into a business. Um, Mm -hmm. and I spent most of my time at Wharton kind of, um, conceptualizing that. Right. And so I did a lot of product testing there. I did a lot of, um, different pitch competitions and the different entrepreneurship classes that we had Mm -hmm. working with my professors to kind of, you know, drill down on the business model. Um, And my go to market strategy, all of those things I I definitely worked through when I was in business school, which was a blessing. And then COVID happened. I graduated in May um, of last year. COVID started in March, and then uh, we launched in July.
0: Mm. And what is, and so walk us through like being a business owner, right? Because I think oftentimes, when people think about entrepreneurship, they think about the glamour, they think about the glitz, they think about oh, I have my own time now, I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. But as we both know, that's the furthest from the truth. Mm-hmm. So just just walk us through what your journey has been like thus far.
1: Yeah, I would say yeah, that's definitely the <laughs> furthest from the truth. It's so many, uh, you know, prioritizing is definitely like a key. Like mm-hmm. it, it has to, everything has to be prioritized because. As, as a business owner, it's your baby. You have all these grand ideas, all mm-hmm. these cool things that you want to do, new products you want to launch, and you just can't do everything at one time, right? Of course, mm-hmm. you have the resources to outsource and hire people and, um, you know, kind of support staff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, I think that journey has um, came by utilizing my mentors, really thinking through different things that I want to do for the business. So whether that's, um, expanding in, into new products or investing more into marketing, mm-hmm. I really have to be strategic about the decisions that I want to make. And, um, yeah, up until two months ago, I was, you know, running all the social media by myself and creating all of the, um, the content and, you know, all the marketing collateral and all of that. And now I have hope for that, which has been amazing. Um, And, you know, I think another thing that's been like key for me is just utilizing some of the resources that Wharton has. So Mm -hmm. I was a part of this program called uh, VIP, (laughs) which is a venture implementation program. And Mm -hmm. as a part of that, even as an alum, I'm able to get Wharton MBAs who are interested in entrepreneurship, but don't have an idea of their own and Mm -hmm. they want to work with a startup. And so Mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to work with brilliant people, (laughs) like, I focused on um, a lot of marketing help. And so people who are marketing majors who may go on to work at, um, you know, some of these big CPG firms after mm-hmm. Wharton, they've been able to come in and kind of help run campaigns for me and think of cool ideas and take a look at my business and make suggestions, um, which has been invaluable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that to say you are literally as like the, the entrepreneur, you are sales, marketing every function you could think of is Mm -hmm. what you have to do so priority is key
0: absolutely and you spoke a little bit about this earlier, but one of the big reasons why you decided not to go back to the conventional consulting or investment banking route was because of that family, you know, having time with your husband, having time with your dogs, And I know like, um, you know, family is extremely important to you, but how has that balance been in running a business and at the same time trying to enjoy, you know, your, your family?
1: Yeah, so I think I'm a little lucky because uh, my husband, Andre, is also an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so, completely different industry. Like, he's in the sports world. Um, but we're able to kind of talk about some of those challenges that we go through as entrepreneurs together, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really special because, you know, not everybody understands a life of an entrepreneur, some of the things that you um, deal with or, you know, are responsible for as an entrepreneur. And so we've been able to support one another in our journeys of, um, you know, starting our our own businesses. So that's been helpful. And then aside from that, I would definitely say just again, outside of how I mentioned prioritizing in your business, just Mm -hmm. life in general. So, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure that I'm not, you know, killing myself with my business and that I'm still prioritizing time with my family, because that is my most important priority. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I am, like, a calendar fanatic, and so I, like, literally organize.
0: If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so that's been a saving grace for sure.
0: And I think that's so interesting, too, because um, as we think about not only scheduling our time, but, like, scheduling, like, different things, right? Because I know, like, this conversation, we've had to reschedule a while. <clears throat> Most, I'll put the fault on myself, because... <laughs> you know, life has been a, a bit hectic, but in regards to like, where you see, um, your, your company growing, talk to us a little bit about that because not, uh, again, being a small startup in the, in the, um, would you consider yourself in a beauty space or in the health and wellness space? Where, where would you, uh, land your company?
1: Yeah. Skin, skincare. So yeah.
0: Skin care. So, um, you know, When I think about skincare and I think about, you know, African-American skincare, the first thing that goes to me, um, that goes to my mind is shea butter and like, you know, those different lines. So are those like future aspirations or are you just trying to um, scale it at the level it is now? Talk to us a little bit about in regards to what future plans for um, NACO Naturals looks like.
1: Yeah, so definitely. I mean, I have like five year, 10 year, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) all types of all types of goals. Uh, but um, I would say the short version is um, I definitely plan. There are already some things in the works. So there okay. okay. Out soon, but um, my goal is to definitely expand eventually into like Target or um, you know um, or some like smaller more bo- boutique places mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to have a lot of foot traffic to get brand awareness up. The tricky part with that is that you know a lot of storefronts take All your margin. margin. And so you have to be really strategic about um, those types of partnerships. And Mm -hmm. and, you know, you see a lot of brands, um, the big ones, of course, stay in there forever. But some of the smaller ones you might see come and go, or you know, they're Mm -hmm. in there for a little bit of time. And that's to kind of get that brand awareness. And then once they feel like, all right, I feel like we've kind of gotten. What we can get out of this partnership then they may take it somewhere else or just maybe launch their own um brick and mortar or just stay online and so those are different strategies that we're considering um for the future there are also a few especially because everything's so digital now there are a few um like uh, subscription boxes that will be a part of pretty soon and so stay tuned for that um but yeah, down the road, 100%, I plan for everybody to see Nico Naturals everywhere. Our body butters, our face serums. Yes, yeah, Nego Naturals will blow up for sure. Um, I definitely, yeah, I think that um, just the traction that I've seen in a year kind of has, um, you know, given me that level of confidence. But um, yeah, so down the road, I definitely think that we'll have um, different partnerships and potentially like our own location.
0: Fantastic. And I just want to dig a little bit deeper into something that you uh, spoke about last year. You know, you guys are coming up on your one year anniversary. Um, and <clears throat> we are still in the midst of a pandemic. So I'm sure, you know, like graduating, going into that, like realizing that, oh, ugh, like, so just talk to us a little bit about some of the, um, like some of the challenges that you face with that and like some of the triumphs that have come out of those challenges.
1: Yeah, so like there were a lot of um, in-person events that I was supposed to do for Naco Mm -hmm. Naturals, um, which would of course helped with like brand brand awareness and Mm -hmm. customer acquisition. A lot of those things were supposed to take place last summer because like you know, the pandemic started in the spring and everybody thought by the summertime, oh, it'll be over, it'll be good. Mm -hmm. Who knew a whole year from (laughs) from then?
0: Still (laughs) dealing with it.
1: Right. And so, um, you know, I think that resilience has kind of gotten us through that. Um, You know, a lot of missed opportunities, things shut down because of COVID, but Mm. um, you know, I I do see things opening up slowly. Um, Like there are a few uh, farmers market opportunities that I have coming up um, this summer. Um, a few other partnerships that we'll be um, announcing soon. And so I do think that, you know, patience and resilience can kind of get you through. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've been thinking about throughout this entire conversation is taking that leap or taking that leap of faith, right? And so we talked a little bit about, you know, this is something that you've been thinking about it for years now, and so what advice do you have for those who have an idea or don't necessarily want to work for someone else and help build somebody else's dream, but like really want to work for themselves, but they're, they're accustomed to that, you know, that routine of every two weeks I'm getting a check or every month I'm getting a check. And, you know, taking a, taking a leap of faith and saying, you might not get a check for the first couple of months. You might not get a check for the first year, but like, how do you really build out something that you're passionate about where there's no search certainty
1: yeah so i think everyone's risk tolerance is is different right Mm -hmm. um but i definitely think that if it's something that you're passionate about and Mm -hmm. something that's important to you then Mm -hmm. you can make the time to kind of make your dreams come to fruition so if you're working a nine to five then maybe you're five to nine after that is you building out your your business and course it's not going to be fun or glamorous but you know it's what you got to do especially if you want that guaranteed um, paycheck coming in every two weeks and so once you kind of start that and then you feel comfortable and like you know you realize that your business is where you want it to be then maybe you might feel more comfortable stepping out on your own um, and kind of taking that leap of faith but I think, you know, Every it's, it's definitely like a personal decision. Everybody's risk tolerance is different. Everybody's like financial situa- situation, family situation is different. Um, so I think all of those things are factors, but at the end of, end of the day, even if you are working a nine to five, I think you can still, you know, while you're helping somebody else get richer, I think that you can still like focus on your dreams and, you know, plan accordingly.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, I think as I, as I, we think about these different, um, these different ideas in regards to different paths that we go, um, as we think about different entrepreneurial tracks. um, And one thing that you mentioned, you know, about getting into different stores, one thing, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, and we were talking about how the e-commerce space has blown up and it was something that when it started, you know, a lot of people weren't really talking much about, but especially due to the pandemic, we've seen that, you know, a lot of our big box stores are closing down. And so one thing that I really enjoy about you, you utilize the internet to like really push out whether it's, um, you know, the, the butter or the face and I, and I love your, and I, trying to grasp my mind around it. I love like the, um, the graphics that you put out, right? Like I saw a graphic, I think it was with your nephew. It was, a, it was a young black boy mm-hmm. covered in a, um, in a towel, just holding it. And the mm-hmm. symbolism that I got from that is pure, right? And especially as we think about the things that we put in our bodies and especially the things we put on our bodies, like the, a lot of, again, when you talked about like going to, um, uh, bath and body works and reading that litany of things that you can even pronounce and so you know I guess the question I'm trying to ask with that is when it came down to like really perfecting the formula for um the the uh shea butter which is part that I'm absolutely obsessed with talk to us a little bit about that what was that process like you don't have to divulge the secrets but talk to us a little bit about what that process was like and what what, what were you trying to get out of it and do you think you've reached that goal?
1: Yeah, so um, definitely uh, a long process. So mm-hmm. <laughs> as I mentioned, um, I spent a lot of my time in business school um, kind of perfecting a lot of the recipes. Mm-hmm. And so um, doing research, 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 just getting smart on a lot of these ingredients um, because just like you, see, you know, you, the things that you put on your body ultimately... So in your body, and so You want to make sure that what you're using is quality. You want to make sure that the, the products that you're using, you know what their actual actual intent is, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think you know just all the research that I did, plus um, utilizing the resources at Penn, right? And so mm-hmm. you know they have a the school of dermatology, connecting with people over there, running my ingredients past um, some of those people studying to become doctors. In that area was super mm-hmm. helpful, super mm. informative for me. Um, and then, of course, you know, which I think is super valuable, having people try the products. And so, mm. trying the products, getting reactions, going back, iterating, making changes, getting them to try it again—all of that test and learn—I think was was really key for me.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And so I think with that, that wraps up all of our questions. Um, so for those who are interested, um, where can they find your products? For those who want to partner with you, where can they connect with you? Yeah, just give us the deets. Like we yeah. listen.
1: Yeah. So uh, www.niconaturals.com, Nico N A Y K O, mm-hmm. uh, naturals with an S.com, and follow us on Instagram at Nico Naturals. And uh, yeah, if you would like to partner, email me at info at com.
0: Fantastic. This has been another amazing episode of Voices of Black Folk with the uh, founder and CEO of NACO Naturals, Shontay Butler. Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to working with you in the future.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and really took something from it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe, like, and share this episode. Our goal on this podcast is to highlight and give a voice to the Black community by bringing phenomenal individuals who are creating and charting paths toward greatness, and through your support, we can continue to change lives. Thanks again, and don't miss the next episode of the Voices of Black Folk podcast. I'm your host, Will Onu.